I hope you're excited about what God is going to teach us as we study His Word together this morning. I know I'm excited about what God has to share with us. I know I've got a little bit of an advantage. I kind of have an idea about what God wants to say. Uh, but I hope you're excited too uh, to listen to the Lord uh, teach us by His Holy Spirit in us the truth of His Word this morning. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open them to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is where we will begin. We'll move around a little bit, but you'll be good if you make your way to Acts chapter 2. We are continuing in our sermon series titled, We Are Family. We are family by God's grace alone, through our faith alone, in Christ Jesus alone. We are brothers and sisters in Christ by our faith in Christ Jesus. And in our series, we are reviewing and renewing our commitment to fulfill God's vision for our church family, which is to glorify God as fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ as we make disciples of all nations. Stay that together with me. God's vision for our church family is to glorify God as fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ as we make disciples of all nations. Now, we fulfill this vision from God as we give to Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus, which is the focal points that we're looking at in this series. We are studying the example of the first church in Jerusalem found in Acts chapter 2. Uh, the reason being is this church family, the brothers and sisters in Christ and the first church in Jerusalem, fulfilled the same vision God has for our church family. And so they serve as wonderful encouragers to us today. Luke summarized for us what God was doing in this church family, through this church family, around this church family. In Acts chapter 2, I'll begin reading uh, this summary passage, beginning in verse 42. Luke wrote, Then fear came over everyone, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and had everything in common. So they sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as anyone had a need. And every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And every day, say that with me, and every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. God was doing amazing things in this church family, and God is doing amazing things in our church family. We share three qualities with this first church in Jerusalem. Uh, many more, but let's just identify these three uh, as a quick review from last week. The first quality is unity. These believers, Luke said, were, uh, they met together. They had everything in common. They were one in heart and soul. These brothers and sisters in Christ were uh, unified in their love for Jesus, their faith in Jesus, their devotion to Jesus. And I thank God for the unity that we enjoy in our church family. We are unified in our love for Jesus, our faith in Jesus, in our devotion to Jesus. I also trust God to continue to guard and grow the unity we have together in Christ Jesus. We know and understand, and it's good to be reminded uh, at different points in times, that our enemy Satan would love to destroy 
the unity that we have with God and one another through faith in Christ Jesus. And so our unity together in Jesus grows as we seek God first, as we walk in obedience to the truth of God's word, as we follow Jesus by faith, as we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and as we love one another as ourselves, this unity continues to grow in us and spread through us. The second quality is excitement. Excitement. There was exciting things going on in this first church in Jerusalem. It was exciting to be a part of God's work in this church. And it's exciting to be a part of what God's doing here in our midst. God is the one who is working in us and through us and around us. He is making us more like Jesus. He is growing us stronger in our faith in Jesus. He is using us to draw others to Jesus. And it is exciting to get here every week to see what God has for us, to see what God is going to teach us, to be able to respond to the Lord, to be able to meet with our brothers and sisters in Christ as we are doing this morning. It's exciting to be a part of God's family. The third quality is joy. We see the believers in the church in Jerusalem were full of joy in Jesus. And we too are full of joy in Jesus, mainly because we understand God has called us out of the darkness of sin into the marvelous light of his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our joy in Jesus is because our victory is in Jesus. And this joy that we have in Jesus shines through us to those that God places around us. And so we understand, we express our joy in Jesus through our giving, and our growing, and our going, just as the believers did at this first church in Jerusalem. Last week, we focused our attention on the joy of giving. So if you weren't here last Sunday, I would encourage you to pick up a CD after the service or listen online this week uh, to last week's service so you can stay up to date with what God is saying to us as we make our way through this series. I want us to focus for these next few moments this morning on the joy of growing today, the joy of growing here's what we understand, and we'll see throughout our study in the Word this morning. As we give ourselves to Jesus, we grow in our faith in Jesus. The more we give ourselves to Jesus, the more we will grow in our faith in Jesus. So let's look at the joy of growing. We see it in this church family. We see it in our lives, in our church family. I want to answer a couple of questions uh, as we make our way through focusing on growing. The first is, why do we grow? Why do we grow? Why is this important to talk about? Why do we grow? First answer is a simple answer. We grow because God wants us to grow. We grow in our faith in Jesus because God wants us to grow in our faith in Jesus. The believers here uh, in the church in Jerusalem were growing in their faith in Jesus. And God wants us to grow stronger in our faith in Jesus. God wants us to grow deeper in our love for Jesus. God wants us to grow to be more and more like Jesus. God wants us to continue day by day growing in our faith in him. Now, we need to make this point clear, and that is simply this. We don't make ourselves more like Jesus. We don't make ourselves more like Jesus in our power. We don't uh, grow ourselves spiritually through our efforts and our work and our abilities. We cannot make ourselves spiritually mature uh, by our work. And when we try to 
grow spiritually in our power. When we try to be better for Jesus or, or do more for Jesus in our power, hoping and thinking that if we're better for Jesus or do more for Jesus, maybe that'll make him love us more, we get frustrated because we realize real quickly that we can't grow ourselves spiritually. We can't make ourselves more like Jesus in our efforts, through our strength and in our power. God saves us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, and God places his Holy Spirit in us. At the moment, he saves us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit is the one God uses to grow us in our faith in Christ Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit in us who helps us grow day by day in our faith in Jesus. The scriptures tell us the Holy Spirit of God who dwells within us is the one who convicts us of sin. The Holy Spirit living in us is the one who encourages us to walk by faith and not by sight day by day. It's the Holy Spirit of God who lives within us who produces the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. It's the Holy Spirit of God who produces love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and and self-control and faithfulness and goodness. The fruit of the Spirit is produced in us by the Holy Spirit who is at work in us. It's the Holy Spirit who empowers us to obey God's word. And the Holy Spirit does his work in us as we, as we devote ourselves to God. And so we understand God wants us to grow in our faith in him. He wants us to grow. And that's why we grow in our faith in him. God wants us to grow. We see this All throughout his word. God not only wants us to grow, but he's placed his Holy Spirit in us to to help us to grow. And we see this throughout the New Testament. In the scriptures, we see God speaking through his authors in the New Testament about his desire for us to grow in our faith in Jesus. We think of Paul. Paul said in Ephesians 4.15, But speaking the truth in love, let us grow up in every way into him who is the head, Christ. So let us grow up in every way in our faith in Jesus. As we grow in Jesus, we're able to fulfill the great commission of Jesus, which is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything Jesus has commanded us in his word. The truth is this, if we aren't growing in our faith in Jesus, we're not going to be much help in assisting others to grow in their faith in Jesus. If we're not obeying Jesus ourselves, we're not going to be very effective in helping others obey Jesus. You see, we can't give away what we don't have. Peter agreed with Paul. Peter said in 2 Peter 3, 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and until the day of eternity. Amen. I think it's significant that Peter chose to end his second letter to the believers that he was writing to during his day. He chose to end his second letter, the very last verse of his last letter that we have recorded in the canon of Scripture. He chose to end his second letter to us as followers of Jesus Christ today 
with the command to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Emphasizing to us how important it is for us to grow daily in our faith in Christ. James agreed with Peter and with Paul. James said, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance, endurance, must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So we know, James helps us understand, that God wants us to have a mature and complete faith. God wants our faith to be mature, complete, strong. When he saves us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, he doesn't beam us up to glory immediately. He leaves us here. The purpose is so that we can help others come to faith in Christ as we grow into the image of Christ day by day. God wants us to look more like Christ. God wants us to have a mature, complete faith. And so James told us, here's how that works. That works in a large sense as these trials and tests of faith come our way. Lord God Almighty allows trials to come into our lives because God uses the trials and tests of our faith in his work of growing us stronger in our faith in Christ Jesus as we trust him through those trials. James was saying, listen, I want you to understand and realize that when those times of trials and difficulties, those tests of faith come your way and And there may be many of us this morning right in the middle of a trial, a test of faith in your life and what God is doing in in you at this season of your life. Listen, what James is saying is when those times come, we need to understand that God's allowed those trials to come our way because he's growing us stronger in our faith in him. What he wants us to do is to trust him through those trials. And so James said this, he said, listen, we can rejoice, actually rejoice in our trials. Consider it pure joy. Consider it all joy, James said, when we face trials of various kinds. We can rejoice in our trials because the trials in our lives are the signal on the dashboard of our life that God is working in us and God is wanting to make us stronger in our faith in him. And so in those times when we're dealing with trials and we're dealing with tests of faith, when things aren't going the way we would like them to go, when something happens that we didn't expect to happen and it comes crashing in our lives, many times our first response is to get upset with God, to complain to God, to say, why, why, why me, God? Why is this happening, God? And God's answered that question for us in his word. James said the reason why those times come is because God's at work in us and he's growing us and strengthening our faith because he has something more for us as he takes us through that time of trial and he wants to use us as his ministers to others but what happens first is we must trust him through that trial and so we understand how important it is for us to continue growing in our faith in Christ. God wants us to grow. Secondly, we grow because we want to be effective for Jesus. The more we grow in our faith in Jesus, the more effective we will be as followers of Jesus, as ministers for Jesus, as witnesses of Jesus. We grow in our faith in Jesus because we want to know Jesus more. We grow in our faith in Jesus because we want to help others know Jesus more. And the more we grow in our faith in Jesus, the better we are at living 
for Jesus, the better we are at loving others like Jesus, the better we are at making disciples of Jesus, the better we are at ministering to others for Jesus, the better we are at telling others about Jesus, the better we are at walking in obedience to Jesus. As we grow in our faith in Jesus, everyone wins. We win and everyone around us wins as we grow in our faith in Jesus. Listen, you know this as well as I do. When husbands are growing in their faith in Jesus, wives win. Amen? Wives, that's your chance. Say glory, hallelujah. Right there. Set you up. Hey, likewise, when wives are going into faith in Jesus, their husbands win. <laughs> the guy's got a little heads up. That's good. That's good. Everyone wins. When we, as parents, are going to their faith in Jesus, our children win. When our children are going to their faith in Jesus, we win. You see, when this growth happens in us, when, when we experience the joy of growing, God wants us to grow, and, and, and we want to be effective for Jesus. So when we're growing in Him, what happens is we become more like Jesus. We become more others-focused. When we're going to Jesus, we become more sacrificial. When we're growing in Jesus, we look for opportunities to serve and bless one another. We look for opportunities to minister to one another. When we're going to the faith in Jesus, our focus shifts from getting to giving. And the more we, folk, we grow in our faith in Jesus, the more we just simply want to give our lives away to those that he's placed around us. And so we understand and realize that, that not only is it a joy for us to grow in our faith in Jesus, and it is, but it's a joy for all those around us as we grow in our faith in Jesus because we shine the light of Jesus more brightly as we're growing in our faith in him. So we know why we need to grow, then how do we grow? How do we grow in our faith in Jesus? Well, first answer is we grow in our faith in Jesus as we devote ourselves to God. And we've kind of mentioned that already. We devote ourselves to God. Spiritual growth happens as we devote ourselves to God and commit to living his way, as we spend time with him, as we seek him first. Again, we can't uh, make ourselves spiritually mature. We can't make ourselves more like Christ. Spiritual growth happens as God grows us by our faith in Christ Jesus, by the power of his Holy Spirit that is at work in us. We mentioned that, that, that God has placed his Holy Spirit in us to grow us in our faith in Jesus. Paul talked about this. Paul said in Philippians 1, verse 6, I am sure of this, that he who started the good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul was saying that, that he is God and the good work in us is salvation. God saves us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, and God carries on his work in us of growing us in our faith in Jesus day by day, and he will continue carrying on his work in us of growing us by our faith in Christ Jesus, making us more like Jesus until he decides to call us home to heaven one day. 
He's going to continue that work in us. And what a glorious work that is. It is certainly a blessing for us to understand and realize that spiritual growth isn't on us. I don't know about you, but that's a blessing to me, that my spiritual growth, that my spiritual maturity, the, to, the, the completeness of my faith in Christ Jesus is not all on me. What I am called to do is to surrender myself to God, to devote myself to God, and then he'll produce that growth in me as I simply avail myself to him. Again, God wanting our availability, not our ability. He'll use our ability to bring honor and glory to his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, as we avail ourselves of him. And we see Paul mention this again, not to the church at Philippi, but he also mentioned this to the church in Corinth. The church in Corinth uh, years ago had uh, quite a number of problems. If you've read about the church of Corinth, you've done a study on the church of Corinth, you know that they had some challenges. They had some problems. Uh, they got sidetracked quite a bit. Uh, when it comes to uh, when it came to following Jesus and living as witnesses for Jesus, and one point in time, Paul had to remind them of this truth that God is the one who produces spiritual growth in us because the believers at the church in Corinth forgot this truth. And what happened was some of them were saying, "I follow Paul," and others of them were saying, "No, no, no, no. I follow Apollos." Some are saying, well, I like Paul better. Paul's much better. Others are saying, no, 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 he's not. Apollos is better. I like Apollos more. And what was happening in the church, there was a division starting to happen. Folks were picking sides based on the ministers that God had sent to the church. And Paul said, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up. You guys are, are missing the point entirely. You guys are making the mistake of thinking we are the ones who produce spiritual growth in you, and that's not the case. And Paul responded to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Turn to your right. I want you to look at this passage. It's a wonderful passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul is correcting the believers of the church there in Corinth. He's, he's rebuking them. He's correcting them uh, because they've lost sight of this reality that that God grows us as we devote ourselves to him. He's the one who grows us. And, and Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, beginning of verse 5, Paul said, so what is Apollos and what is Paul? They are servants through whom you believed, and each has the role the Lord has given. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Paul said, hey, guys, listen up. Apollos and I are servants of the Lord. We are ministers God used to teach God's people God's truth. Paul said, Apollos and I obeyed God. We obeyed God. We obeyed the call of God on our lives. We taught you God's word and we encourage you to obey God's word, but make no mistake about it, Paul said, God is the one who gave you growth. God is the one who gave you the spiritual growth. God is the one who was making you more like Christ Jesus. So therefore, don't focus on me, Paul said. Don't focus on Apollos. Focus on God because he's the one at work growing you in your faith in Christ. And God grows us up in our faith in Christ today. God certainly uses ministers, pastors, elders, teachers of his word, teachers who are faithful to preach and teach this word. He uses 
those he calls to minister to his people, to preach and teach God's word to his people, to encourage his people. It's a joy. It's a blessing. It's a privilege. It's a humbling and awesome responsibility to be called to be one of God's servants, to be called to be one of God's ministers of the gospel. But listen, as he uses those he calls to minister to his people, it's God and God alone who's given the growth. God's the one working in us and through us by his Holy Spirit in us to, to grow us in our faith in Christ. So as we devote ourselves to God, God grows us in our faith in him. Secondly, we grow as we devote ourselves to the basics. As we devote ourselves to the basic disciplines of spiritual growth, we grow into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. This is what the believers were doing at the first church in Jerusalem, and this is what God wants us to do today. Now, I know at times it, it may uh, be tempting to think, oh my goodness, uh, another sermon about the uh, boring basics of spiritual discipline. Uh, I've heard all of this before. I've heard this over and over and over and over again. And what I would say to that is the truth of the matter is it's oftentimes the basic disciplines of spiritual growth that are the hardest to practice. Likewise, the basic disciplines of spiritual growth are oftentimes the easiest things for us to ignore and forget. And the basics of spiritual growth are anything but boring. I think we would all agree with that. You see, the basics of spiritual growth, the basic disciplines of spiritual growth bless our lives. The basic disciplines of spiritual growth build us up in our faith. The basic disciplines of spiritual growth are best for us. The basic disciplines of spiritual growth allow us to be a blessing to others. And the basic disciplines of spiritual growth allow us to bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. And so we need to take time, as these believers obviously did in the first church here in Jerusalem, we need to take time to make sure that we're focusing in on these basic disciplines of spiritual growth. So let's look at how, how we are able, how, how can we devote ourselves to the basics? How, how do we do this? I know we, we grow as we devote ourselves to God. We need to devote ourselves to the basics. So how does this work? Well, let me just give you three ways in which we can devote ourselves to the basics. Number one, we show up. First and foremost, we show up. We show up each day. We report to God for duty. We show up with God. We spend time with God. We prioritize one-on-one -on -one time with the Father each day. It's so vitally important for us to spend that time with the Lord each day. If it was important for Jesus to spend that time with the Father each day, and we know it was based on our understanding of the Gospels, then it's certainly a must for us today. We must show up and spend time with the Father we show up in many different ways. We see here evidenced in Acts chapter 2. We show up through spending time in God's Word. We show up through spending time in this Word. This Word is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. As we get in this Word, this Word gets in us and it goes through us to those God places around us. I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but the more I read this Word, the more this Word seems to read me. And God uses this Word to, to penetrate my heart, and to draw me more and more uh, to him and closer and closer to him. And he'll do the same with you. The word of God is the main vehicle that God uses to grow us up in our faith in Christ Jesus. And so if we're not spending time in this word during the week, if we're not spending time in this word on a day-by-day -day basis, then our growth is going to be slowed. 
greatly. We've got to spend time in his word. We show up through spending time in prayer. That's what these believers were doing. It's awesome for us to pray, to spend time talking to God. Get a hold of this. I, I, I still can't wrap my arms around this reality that the creator of the universe wants to talk to me. Creator of the universe. He wants to speak to you and me. The Lord told us, call to me and I'll answer you and tell you great and searchable things you do not know. He said, cast all your cares on me. Why? Because I care for you. The Father in heaven said, listen, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to me. And hey, as you pray to me, as you talk with me, guess what I'm going to do? The peace that I have, the peace of God, hey, I'm going to give it to you and it'll guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Solomon told us the eyes of the Lord are on us and his ears are attentive to our prayer, to our cry for help. I don't know if it can get much better than that. God's eyes are on us and his ears are open to us. He's just waiting for us to cry out to him. Why would we ever choose not to spend time with him in prayer? We can pray every day. We can pray all day. We can pray through the night. We can pray for what God is doing in our lives, our needs, our cares, our concerns. We can pray for one another. It's one of the great joys of the Christian life to pray for one another's brothers and sisters in Christ. What a great joy it is to pray, knowing that God hears and answers our prayers in a way that's best for us. We show up uh, by coming to church. Now, obviously, all of you can check that box and say, all right, made that one. Yes. All right. Doing good. By coming to church. We show up by coming to church. Listen, these believers met together how often? Every day for church. They gather together every day in the temple for church. Why? Because they love church. They loved it. They loved church. They wanted to be at church. You know who else loved church? Jesus loved church. Jesus loved church. We know ultimately Jesus died for the church. Jesus is the head of the church. It's the cornerstone of the church. Makes sense that Jesus loves the church. Jesus loved being in church. We see this in the gospel accounts of the life and ministry of Jesus. One in particular that I, I like is the gospel of Luke. As Luke was writing and relaying the story when Jesus' early years, when Jesus was 12 years old, Jesus, with his parents, Joseph and Mary, they made their way to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover festival. And they made their way, as many of the Jews did. They would come in, and that's one of the three celebration feasts of the Jews. And so they would come into Jerusalem, they would celebrate Passover. And after they finished celebrating Passover week, uh, Joseph and Mary left with those they traveled with. And uh, they got a day's travel away from Jerusalem, got down uh, Jerusalem, southern part of Israel, the rocky high part. They got down into the valley. They were making their way back home. And they got to the end of that first day. They're getting ready to, to set up camp, to sleep. And they looked around, and where's Jesus? Did you got Jesus? Do you know where Jesus is? Where's Jesus? How can we lose Jesus? And sure enough, he wasn't with them. They turned and they made the journey back to Jerusalem. Scripture says, after three days, they found Jesus. They found him. And you know where he was? He was in church. He was in the temple. He was in church. He was sharing and speaking God's truth, listening and talking with the religious leaders literally blowing their minds with his knowledge. And as he responded to his mom, Mary, he said, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? He 
beloved church. The writer of Hebrews has told us, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. You know, church is important. And obviously, by our attendance here this morning, we, we are checking that box and we are saying, yes, this is important to us. This is a priority. And praise God, it is a priority for us because it is as we show up together that we're able to, to be a blessing to one another and to be an encourager to one another and receive that blessing and encouragement from one another and grow in our faith in Christ Jesus. We also show up through fellowshipping with one another. And there's many different ways to fellowship. We see here in this passage, this church fellowship together. We fellowship together in our large groups, like right now, we gather together for fellowship, through the teaching and preaching of God's word together in corporate worship. We do it on Wednesday nights. Our Wednesday nights are going to kick back in on February 7th, and we'll be fellowshipping together and worshiping together on Wednesday nights as well. We worship together in all kinds of different ways in different ministries. One in particular is through our life teams. We worship together, and we fellowship with one another through our life teams. Our life teams are small group Bible studies. We have life teams that meet on Sunday mornings. We've got life teams that are currently meeting right now. Small groups of brothers and sisters in Christ who are growing in their faith in Christ together. We have life teams that meet in the first, during the first hour uh, that then come in to this service to worship together corporately. We have life teams that will be meeting all throughout this evening. We have life teams that meet during the week. These are small group Bible studies families that gather together to do life together with one another. It's great to corporately worship with one another. It's biblical. It's necessary. It's needed. But we also need that interaction with one another. We need to connect with one another and grow together as brothers and sisters in Christ, to do life together with one another, to be able to be a blessing to one another and be blessed by one another, to be able to encourage one another and to be encouraged by one another, to be able to serve one another and be served by one another. It's where we grow strongest and our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as we connect with our brothers and sisters in Christ and do life together in our life teams. And we're starting our life team semester this afternoon. As a matter of fact, as we are kicking off our life team semester, we'll have life teams meeting all over this area, this community today. We have our life team child care. If you are part of a life team already, you know child care today, 445. You can drop your children off here and go to your life team. If you're not a part of a life team, you can get connected to a life team. <clears throat> if you have children, you can drop them off here and go to a life team. We can get all that taken care of for you immediately after the service. It's important to show up through fellowshipping with one another. But you don't just have to believe me. I want you to listen to uh, one of our brothers in Christ and his testimony about his life team. Our life team, one word, is family. We've lived in Little Elm. Uh, we've lived in Little Elm since 2005. Um, we set out to find a church in the community that we could be a part of. And we started searching around. We looked at many different churches. And we came here. And life team was the first place where you know I was able to get connected with the church you know yeah you come to the worship service and, and you see the people and you, you sit you know sit in the same similar area each week and you know but you don't really get a chance to have intimate conversations uh, but life team is, is when you really get a chance to have intimate conversations where you get a chance to peel back the layers and get a chance to know who's in your community who's in your church uh, and you know, find out more about you know where to get involved, where are opportunities to serve, who 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 you're worshiping next to. My life team got to me, their family, you know, uh, and my life team got to me and responded to me before my my natural family. 
uh, my supernatural family in Christ got to me. You know, it came to the aid of my family. You know, it was, it was probably uh, a week before my natural family, born family, blood family came and saw me. I didn't have to worry about what we were going to eat. Uh, you know, and they were they were there. They were there for me. You know, from day one. You know, from the time that I started treatment to hey, you don't have to worry about anything to eat, man. We've got you covered, and just let us know when. And so, for me, my life team, you know, was was there. And like I said, you know, my supernatural family uh, was there. My relationship is deeper, uh, more more genuine, more real, uh, more authentic. Um, you know, where I, when you know you just know something without a shadow of a doubt, you know, when, uh, when God has touched me the way that he has uh, and used the church, used, you know, the body of believers uh, in the process of revealing himself in even a deeper way. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the same person. Uh, I'm better for the experience, but I know my life team was a major part of that. I say do it, get involved, uh, because it's a, it's a, it's an intentional touch point uh, to uh, to get connected with the body. Uh, it's it's a place where you know you can be of service and be served. Uh, it's a place where you can get connected and and grow and um, and and share you know share your life, uh, your your walk, because uh, we experience life. You know when you know when uh, when they experience life, uh, you know when I cry, they cry. You know when we rejoice, we rejoice. Day one, my life team was there, you know, so that speaks volume. That's something that I always remember that, you know, where, you know, when people asked about, you know, where's the church? There it is. It's at the life team, you know, so. Amen. What a wonderful testimony. Amen. Amen. A great testimony about God at work in life teams and through life teams and and as Calvin shared, as he and Kelly uh, walked uh, last year uh, through his bout with cancer, uh, and as God healed him of his cancer, uh, his life team was right there with them and walking with them and, and ministering to them all the way through. I, I like several things that Calvin said. He said that, that life team is a place, an opportunity that we can get connected and grow. That, that growth that we're talking about, the joy of growing happens uh, in large ways in those small groups as we gather together for life team and for ministry and to do life together and to share our lives with one another. He, he mentioned it's an intentional touch point uh, to get connected within the body. And I especially loved how Calvin described his life team, which is a great definition for all of our life teams. And he said, my life team is my supernatural family in Christ Jesus. Uh, and that is certainly true. So we, we show up in these different ways. We show up by serving in our ministries. Uh, God blesses us as we use the gifts and abilities that he gives to us to minister to others, to serve others, to encourage others, to teach others, to bless others in our ministries here uh, on a week-in and week-out basis. But also as he sends us out into the mission field, uh, as we leave here during the week, he calls us to be ministers to those that God places around us in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our schools, and everywhere he sends us. And so it's important for us to show up. Now, at times, and it could be the case for you, uh, there are points and times in our own walk with the Lord where we get to a point where there may be some of you who, say to you, who can say, you know what, Pastor, this is great. I, I'm with you. I hear it. And by, by the way, I, I am disciplining myself 
to these basics. And I can honestly say, Pastor, that, that I am devoted to the basics that, that you've shared uh, and the basics that we see here in this first church in Jerusalem. So what is there next for me? If, if I've disciplined myself to these basics of spiritual growth, then what's next for me? It's a great question, and here's the answer. For those who have disciplined yourself and for those who are devoting yourself to the basics of the spiritual growth that we've mentioned, the next step for you is to take others through the steps, to help others discipline themselves, to help others devote themselves to the basic disciplines of spiritual growth. It's discipling others is the next step. Discipling others and helping others develop that devotion uh, to their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We show up. Secondly, we look up. We look up. If we're going to grow in our faith in Jesus, if we're going to devote ourselves to the basics of spiritual growth, we show up and we look up. The believers here in the first church in Jerusalem, they were looking up to God with eyes of faith in God on a day-by-day basis as they worshiped together, as they praised God, as they met together. And as they looked up to God, they were filled with the desire to praise God for who he is and to thank God for all his blessings. And we too... As we look up to God with eyes of faith in God on a day-by-day basis, as we fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith, we will be filled with a desire to praise God for who he is and to thank God for all his blessings in our lives. As Paul said, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, and yet we lose sight of those spiritual blessings at times in our walk because we take our eyes off of Christ Jesus and we place our eyes on ourselves or others or our circumstances. And listen, when we choose not to look up to God and instead look into ourselves or look out to others or circumstances, we get discouraged, we get frustrated. We get overwhelmed. At times, we'll even get disillusioned with our walk with Christ, and we'll pull back from our growth in Christ. We'll stop growing in our faith in Christ. And it's so vitally important for us, not just to show up each day, but then to look up all throughout the day to our Father, to fix our eyes on Christ, to look at our circumstances through the lens of Christ, not to try to see God through the lens of our circumstances. When we're focusing first on our circumstances, we get frustrated with God. We get overwhelmed. We give up. But when we're looking to God, we are then able to see life. We're able to see ourselves. We're able to see others. We're able to see our circumstances through his eyes, which completely changes what we see and how we respond to what we see. As the psalmist said, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You see, we show up and we look up, and then the third step is we grow up. As we show up and look up, we grow up in our faith in Christ Jesus. God grows us in our faith. God was growing the believers of this first church in Jerusalem. God was the one who was empowering them to walk in obedience to him. God was empowering them to live what they learned from him. God was empowering them to be a blessing to others for him. God was empowering them to tell others about him. And their spiritual growth that they were experiencing, that's obvious here in the pages of scripture, was not easy. It wasn't easy. 
lest we look at this and think, man, that would have been awesome to be back then. How easy it must have been to have grown spiritually. Man, 3,000 people were saved in one day and baptized and joined the church. It must have been easy to grow spiritually. And the truth of the matter is, it wasn't easy for them. You see, all that God was doing, their spiritual growth was happening while at the same time, they were dealing with persecution, ridicule, and opposition to the faith in Christ. At the same time, they were losing their homes. They were losing their families. They were losing their jobs. Some of them were even losing their lives as they were devoting themselves to Jesus, as they were showing up and looking up day by day. They were growing up in their faith. But it wasn't easy. And spiritual growth is not easy for us today. But as we show up and look up, God grows us up in our faith in him. You see, God is the one who empowers us to walk in obedience to him. God empowers us to live what we learn from him. God empowers us to be blessings to others for him. God empowers us to tell others about him. God empowers us to grow in our faith in him. You see, it is a joy for us to give to Jesus. And it's a joy for us to grow in Jesus with our supernatural family by our faith in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship.